You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Benny and the Bets. What is good, everybody? Welcome into Benny in the Bets, presented by our good friends over at PXG and PXG Kansas City. If you have not had the opportunity to go and check out their store over in Overland Park, I highly suggest you do so. They are currently doing a special this fall with $25 fullback fittings. So head on over, go see Alex, Marcus, Jake, the rest of the crew over at PXG. They've taken such good care of us over at KCSN, and I know that they will do the same for you. On the program today, it's actually going to be the first of two parts with my good friend Rick Camp. He, the outstanding player prop analyst over at 4 for 4, as well as Betsperts. You can also check out his podcast with another friend in the industry, Jay Zawoski, over at CHGO. It's the I'm Fat podcast. Um, I First of all, Rick, it's great to see you, and uh, especially as uh, we head into the middle of the NFL season, of course, our, our upcoming Part 2 show as we get ready and set for the start of the NBA season. Before I kick things off in going into the actual bets, which is an area of expertise, um, there was a story that you told years ago back when you were working at 670 The Score. And if that station sounds familiar, that's, of course, where our Kansas City friend Danny Parkins currently does Afternoon Drive. But at one point in your time at The Score, there was a brand new barbecue restaurant that had opened up that had a lot of the same feels here in Kansas City um, and I had tried it and it it brought back a lot of those same memories when I had a chance to try it. But um, I feel like this is a story, Rick, uh, the moment that you first waited for your first taste of, you know, authentic Kansas City style barbecue in Chicago. I feel like this is a story that will fully ingrain you with the Kansas City community. Yeah. So I was being someone at the score and knowing that there were people that worked at the score that were invested in real urban barbecue. I had heard of it. I had been there for, to produce a weekend show on site, uh, when the initial location opened. So I got, I got a taste then, (laughs) but it was all the way up in, in Vernon Hills, which is, you know, very far away, like, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour away from where I was. So that's that's a bit of a drive, for, you know, for just a meal. Right. So and again, I, like, not factoring in traffic and Chicago traffic into the mix. Yeah, well. exactly. That would have been, in the best case scenario, like 45 to an hour. So I didn't get there very often. And then they opened a couple new locations, and one of them was about 10 minutes from my one of my work, places I worked at the time. And I heard they were giving away free barbecue for a year to the first person in line. (laughs) So my plan was on that day to uh, have one of two thoughts, get out early, see if I could get there. I set like the place was set to open at either 11 or noon. I want to say 11. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get there by 7 a.m. If someone else is in line, then screw it. I'll go to work early and I'll leave early. If nobody is in line, I had a blanket. <laughs> I, I had because it was a cold day, so it was like I want to say about this time of year. This is right around like mid October in Chicago. Yeah, mid October in Chicago, and it was a much colder one than it's been so far this year. So I'm bundled up. I get there, nobody's in line. 
So I get my stuff. I park <laughs> myself right there. My car is parked right up front. I've got my blanket. I've got my phone. I've got, you know, jacket, everything. I even brought my laptop bag out in case I wanted to write stuff down, do whatever. I was set. Ten minutes later, somebody else shows up. And I'm just like, ha. <laughs> it's like this guy that doesn't need it. Cause you know, like I'm a I'm a guy working in radio and teaching radio. I have no money at the time. I could really use this. This is like and this guy just wanted the clout. So I get there first. I wait there and then about, so three and a half hours I'm out in the cold. And then like the last half hour, like they are still like painting the hours on, like on the door while I'm just sitting here excited (laughs) about getting barbecue for a year. Yeah. For a year. Now, mind you, a year means $50 a month, but still that's not bad. It's a couple meals, maybe a meal and a half if you're me, Uh, but, (laughs) and then last half hour I get to sit in the lobby and wait. And then the best part is, um, after all this happens and I get to go in, I get the first meal. I go brisket. Okay. I know the burnt ends were right there too. And they have fantastic burnt ends. But like for me, the two ways to tell if a barbecue restaurant is good is generally brisket. Unless it like full on is like, listen, we're a pork place and and pulled pork is their thing. Cool. Cool. Got you Carolina, whatever. But any place that takes the time to have a very good hot link that's Ooh. a place you know you can trust because it's not the most popular thing, but if they take the time to have a good one, that means everything that people generally care about more is going to be treated well. So I kind of have those, like that type of thing, and the hot link at Rio Urban Barbecue is probably the, the favorite one that I've ever had. Wow. Okay. So, um. I, so I was in love there, and then a guy I worked with at the time, uh, David Schuster, who was a yeah. longtime reporter in Chicago, working at Score at the time, was part of the group that owned Real Urban Barbecue. And he comes up to me when he sees me at the station and is like, you mean to tell me I ha- I am paying for your food for a year? <laughs> and I was like, you're damn right you are. <laughs> so there's an infamous picture of, of me sitting out in front of, of Real Urban Barbecue. But you know what? I do not care because it was delicious food. And I got plenty of it for free for that next year. That's a fantastic, fantastic story. Have you have you had barbecue in Kansas City before? Have you had a chance to, to travel to our fair city? I have not as of yet. All right. Like take take the I'm Fat podcast on the road mm-hmm. and we will take such good care of you and Jay as you just you you can do a full tour. Um I don't know if you can do it in two days, but I mean you could try. Uh, yeah, there's more, there's more great places that are popping up all the time too. Like you have your you have your staples. Like you have your Joes, you have your Gates, you have your Brines. Q39 is starting to get into that realm as well. But now there's like Chef J, which is pretty incredible. Like more places continue to pop up. Our end is fantastic. Um, but that's really interesting. Like your your sort of core level of the taste test within a barbecue spot is is brisket and then the the hot link. That's that actually isn't a take that I've heard before. I think the hot link, especially just because, as I mentioned, it's not, there's very few people where it's their favorite thing. So if a place is willing to take, take the, the time and the care of that, you know, everything else is going to fall right into place. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's actually one thing Jay and I meant to do this year. I doubt it would ever happen. We got to get, we got to at least attempt to get Andy on the podcast in the off season. 
Because Andy Reid is the only human that is in the Onion Ring of Honor. <laughs> so we have at I'mFatMerch.com, we have the shirts of everything that has won March Fatness. And it's just like Andy Reid, because if I, oh God, I got to try to remember the order. Pizza, bacon, Andy Reid, air conditioning, <laughs> burritos, and cheese. Burritos or Doritos? Burritos. Okay. With a B. So all those have won March Fatness and are now enshrined in the Onion Ring of Honor. But Andy Reid is the only person. Only person so far. And that's a big deal, especially in the in the fat community. If you're going person over food, um, mm-hmm. this has to have a special place in your listeners' hearts. Absolutely. They may be cholesterol-filled hearts, and there might not be a whole lot of room for the blood to flow through, but the the true love of food and those that exemplify the fat community, they do have a special place. I remember Andy came on our show back during the, the 610 days, um, and we asked him to build the perfect cheeseburger on the air and he didn't, he didn't skip a beat. He went even through the the slice. It wasn't just onion. It was a Vidalia onion. Uh, he went through the different layers and whether or not you, if you're grilling the burger, if you put cheese on the burger while it's still on the grill or you let it sit, everything about it was so coach detailed. Like, mm-hmm. It, it felt like it was on his play sheet that he was just looking down reading it because he was so locked in. And I was like, this is a special moment for our show. I would love the next time the Chiefs come to Chicago to bring Andy an I'm Fat Burger because we do have a burger that is on the menu at a restaurant in the Chicago Burbs. Like it is branded as the I'm Fat Burger. You can get it like basically the same thing in pizza form and grilled cheese form. Like, it's fantastic. Like, I've had it a few times, and the key for us that I think really separates it, sure, it's the whiskey barbecue sauce. Sure, you're getting multiple types of cheese and a couple different patties. You get the crust on the macaroni and cheese, and it's on Texas toast. Oh, that's a win. I'll go at quality Texas toast, where then it's absorbing that barbecue sauce and the burger juices into it. Hell yes. Yeah. I, I will go Texas Toast, not all the time, but uh, Joe's Kansas City, one of one of the uh, staples on the Mount Rushmore of barbecue here in Kansas City, has a sandwich called the Z-Man. And the traditional Z-Man, you can now uh, customize it with whatever meat you want, essentially. Um, but the traditional Z-Man is brisket, provolone, um, and two uh, onion rings. And there, there might be another sort of... Um, uh, I don't call it like a mayo-based sauce, but whatever it is, it pulls it all together. Um, and then when you get it on Texas toast, oh, like I, I'll do, I'll do that sandwich, but with burn ends, and it's just the I, I try to do it like once a month, and it's arguably the highlight of my month every time. That sounds fantastic. The one thing I always say with like, especially like a burger of some type, give me onion straws over onion rings, especially if they're like huge onion rings because i'm not a big just like raw onion type person like i'm big on texture so like grilled onions that are really kind of slimy like cook the stuff in grilled onions but then take the onions out so i get the juice and the flavor from them but if it's going to be on the burger i want it to be onion straws first or onion rings second and then you're going to cook them with gas 
Yes, fair enough. I will tell you that I, I think if there is a place that does a perfect onion ring, I would lead you to believe that, that Joe's Kansas City might be one of those places. Okay. Um, I'm really glad I ate before the show taping today because <laughs> otherwise we'd probably have to take a break um, and go ahead and just load up. But we are here to talk a little bit of, of NFL into week seven as well. Um, it, it's an interesting slate. And part of the reason that I, I wanted to bring you on in addition to your, your props expertise um, you're also somebody that has dabbled in a lot of different survivor leagues as well. And we're kind of at that point this week where if you're still alive in your survivor pool, you're kind of going through this slate and going, is there anybody that I would actually feel confident about? If we're talking about the, the biggest discrepancies in the week, you have Buffalo who barely survived against the Giants on Sunday Night Football last week on the road against the Patriots. And granted, the Patriots might be arguably one of the worst teams in the league. Um, and then you have Seattle as, depending on where you look at DraftKings, at seven and a half um, at home against Arizona, who, yes, another bad team, but a team that plays you tough. These are both interdivision games as well. So I guess let's kind of start there and then maybe work our way into some plays that we like for the week. Where are you looking with this week seven slate when it comes to trying to find an angle that you like for Survivor? Yeah, the number one thing I I really try and do is avoid divisional matchups unless there's something unforeseen, like a quarterback injury where the backup is, you know, someone maybe the quality of like Tyson Bagent or something like that to where it's to where that really changes things. But with who I have left available, and that's where like, I'm, this is the first time I'm really sweating a survive a survivor league this early because I feel like I've gotten away with some. I've already you I've been able to get away with using Washington, new uh, the Giants and the Broncos so far. Yeah, so and I bet you you were sweating that week two Giants pick too. Oh, that's who I had as well. Yeah. Even week one, like because the Cardinals decided to be frisky for the first couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Sam Howell's holding the ball forever, and and but still gets it done. And then the Giants have their comeback. I just went when it was oh Bears Chiefs. I was like, after that stress, I'm like a set it and forget it week out. You know, I'm just gonna go with it. It's as safe as it gets. Uh, and then the Broncos against the Bears. So I've really been like trying to target those bottom feeders a lot. Oh, you took then, you took Denver in in Week Four at I Chicago. Did. I did. Okay, so here's here's the other, here's another follow up question for you because I I still have to get your pick, but now I now I have so many follow up questions. So I will tell you that I think my worst take that I've had on this podcast was the episode that we did when the first initial lines came out for the entire season over at DraftKings, and I remember talking with. Um, Tucker Franklin and Sean Barber, uh, former chief on this show, going through the games. I'm like, all right, biggest spread of the year for Kansas City, week three against Justin Fields and the Bears. And then the shortest spread of the week is week four, uh, one point favorite against the Jets. I got to tell you guys something. I I think the Bears are going to be that team that kind of hangs around, covers easily. And then that's the week they go to New York, embarrassed at how they played against Chicago. They beat the snot out of the Jets. Nope. <laughs> that one didn't work out well at all. You just needed to put the thing down, flip it, and reverse it, and then you would have been perfectly fine. Right. That, that's what it was. I just got confused. Yeah, that was, I'm telling you, that was, I think, I'm so thankful I was like at a party where you could kind of pay attention and kind of not if you really wanted to for that game because oh. after like the halfway through the second quarter, I was like, 
Good night, everybody. All right, let's just uh, let's let's drink up. Let's do. So here's my here's my question before we talk about where you're likely going this week. When you do Survivor, do you consider hedging with the opposing team that you're playing against? Because more often than not, you're taking a heavy favorite, and so there are a lot of times where you can get your money back and more by taking the other side uh, in one of these games where you can get maybe plus three hundred, plus four hundred odds for one of those. I'm still relatively, this is my like third year doing Survivor, but I haven't been that smart to like pair that with it. And it's funny that you mentioned that because this is like the first time I've really started thinking about it. So my play that I'm really thinking of uh, this week is probably Seattle, even though I don't like the divisional aspect of it. I mean, Arizona just looks like they had their, their blip of life at the beginning of the season. And now it's like, okay, people are getting hurt. What what little talent they had is mm-hmm. now getting exposed with injuries to where I just think it's the time. And, and Seattle is healthy enough. They're playing well enough that I can trust them at home in this matchup to, uh, to take that. I, you know, the, I want to be able to save Buffalo because even though they've had the defensive injuries and I question if how much that limits their upside, you know, looking throughout the rest of the year, there are other opportunities where I would like to play them a little bit more than here in New England, even against this trash Patriots team. So Seattle's a team. I don't know that there are many other spots I would want to play them. So I'm probably going to end up playing them. Anything else that I thought of, I would have been tempted maybe with the Raiders if Garoppolo played, but with Aiden O'Connell, I'm just not going to trust that. And I think anything else would be getting a little too cute for me. I thought about the Rams as well, but the Steelers, even though, you know, Matt Canada's a disaster and who knows about Kenny Pickett, they are coming off a bye. And the offensive line for the Rams is one that I just don't know how much I want to trust with how much Stafford's been getting hit. So I'm just going to go with Seattle, break a couple of my, break a rule or two of mine. It, it just seems to make the most sense for me. Yeah. Seattle is where I'm going this week as well. Although I I have a feeling it will be another sweat type of game. Probably. Crazy note from Evan Abrams over at the Action Network, who says that if this game continues to close right now at seven and a half, this will be the highest number that Geno Smith has ever closed at as a favorite in his career. In 57 starts, he has never closed as a favorite of seven points or higher. He's closed at six and a half twice in his career. Um, but this would be that that highest number, and and more naturally than not, these are the type of games that teams at home will often overlook. And I could see Arizona giving us a little bit of a sweat. But again, it's a bad team. They've been brutal against the NFC West. Uh, I think Josh Dobbs in his career is one in seven straight up in his career starts. It, it does feel like the right time to take Seattle if you're looking for kind of a bit of a dark horse. I'm going to throw one at you that might surprise you, and that's Baltimore. It's Detroit. It's Detroit, but Detroit doesn't have any running backs, and they're on the road, and it's going to be a windy game and likely bad weather. Mm-hmm. This this sets up, I think, very well for Baltimore. My only concern is they're coming back from London the previous week, and historical trends will tell you that teams coming back from London have been in a really rough spot, especially late in games. We saw that with Buffalo last week. Yeah, you know, I don't, 
I haven't decided how I really feel on that game, but I understand because my question is like more big picture with Baltimore of how good are they? How good is their defense? Just because the, the quarterbacks they played haven't been great. But right. when you when you add the restrictor plate of Jared Goff in bad weather, that puts it that moves him down significantly. Right. So even though, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown is healthy and was looking good last week, like that's I don't mind it. The thing that I wonder, and without remembering their schedule off the top of my head, is is there a better time to play them? But with that division being so rough. That's what scares me. And the AFC just being deep, especially if Cincinnati really starts to, you know, feel themselves again, then this may be not the worst opportunity to do it. And they're definitely not going to be highly owned this week or highly used this week either. Because like with Seattle, they're going to be one of the chalk plays. And Buffalo, like we mentioned, are going to be the, the chalk plays. So that's going to be really interesting. I, I, I don't mind that as much as I did on my initial reaction. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about Baltimore. Um, next week is when most people will likely have them because then they're on the road at Arizona, but Cardinals have been significantly better at home as well. So it would be incredibly contrarian, but again, like if you're in a massive pool and you're looking to try and, uh, differentiate a little bit, um, then, then that might be an area where you want to go. All right. So on the other side, we do have actual bets to get to for week seven in the NFL. We'll talk about the Chiefs and the Chargers. We'll also get Rick's thoughts on uh, his Chicago Bears. Uh, they are three-point dogs at home against the Raiders. And a few more games on the docket and a couple props as well. Stay with us. This is Benny and the Bets presented by PXG. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody. Rick Camp is with us. I was going about to say Rick Camp in studio, uh, but I decided uh, not to. And again, it's a, a very inside radio, inside Chicago sports radio joke. But yes. uh, there's there's still this this big voice guy that will play. And, and Rick has, uh, has left the score a couple of years ago, but even still, uh, his memory remains because were you doing some sort of an NBA or like a Bulls pre or post game show? And the so, big so it, guy was, was setting you up, and it's like, and you'll be joined by Rick Camp in studio. And like that's like an ongoing drop that continues to play. So this, I was a last-minute addition because this was when sports betting was about to get legalized in Illinois. So Joe Ostrowski of BetQL and BetQL Daily, he was a host at the score at the time. So he was downstate covering it. 
at in Springfield, the state capitol. So they wanted someone else to be in studio to handle just a lot like the radio basics of it. So because I'm someone else that could kind of speak betting at the time at, at the score, they were like, hey, would you come in Saturday morning, host this show with Joe and, you know, basically just talk about more of the process of it, what it, what the bill would look like, that type of thing. So I was a late addition. So it was, you know, Joe Ostrowski down in Springfield for the vote. And Rick Camp in studio. It was like so clearly added last minute that it, it stuck out like a sore thumb, but he really leaned into it and it turned into a great drop that's uh, that's followed me. So there's many drops that could be used that are much worse to follow me around than that one. Yes, perfectly reasonable take there. All right, so let's, let's get into some of these games for week seven. We'll start with the game uh, here in Kansas City, divisional matchup between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, lined open at six in the earlier portion of the week. Uh, it has since been bet down to five and a half. Um, there's a surprising amount of money that I have seen and I have talked to uh, coming in on Kansas City. And it's kind of antithetical to what we're used to with the Chiefs, right? Offense struggling to find any sort of consistency. They traded for McCole Hardman this week. Not sure as to whether or not they anticipate he'll be active um the defense though has been sensational almost top five top six in, in every major statistical category very good in, in opponent yards per play um they're getting pressure on the quarterback and the chargers are coming off of a monday night football loss against a very physical dallas team and now going on the road to kansas city so here's where i'm i'm kind of having trouble in deciding what to do and i'm curious to get your perspective on one hand, you have a Chiefs defense that is arguably the best that Andy Reid has coached throughout his entire uh, tenure. Certainly, I would contend the best Chiefs defense that Mahomes has had. However, because of the inconsistencies on offense, because of the Chargers' ability to generate pressure, and because these games tend to be very close, my gut reaction is to say, if we've moved off of six and gone to that five and a half number, I feel like the play is likely on L.A., given how good they are in the first half, where I like to take the Chiefs more often than not is a live bet in the second half when Mahomes has to come back. So right now, that's kind of where I'm leaning for this game. Take the Chargers in the first half at a pretty reasonable number. You can still get them at plus three and then pounce on Kansas City because Justin Herbert is atrocious at covering the spread, like almost a bottom five quarterback since they started measuring it is second half spread covers. So so give me your assessment on this game. Should also mention too that the total for this matchup is currently sitting at 48 at DraftKings. I understand uh, I I'm already in on Kansas City. One at five and a half. I want I didn't want six, maybe pause, five and a half here for. And part of it's just also just the rest spot. Chargers coming off the short week, extra rest for Kansas City. But also just that matchup, especially on the offensive line for the Chargers, just with how much pressure they're giving up, especially on the inside. And that Chris Jones, you know, with sure, he's been moving around everywhere. And he's actually been really effective off the edge, which has been, you know, as someone that doesn't get to see him game in and game out, but still a lot. A little surprised at just how effective he's been off the edge. This might be a game where you just park him in the middle, but have him face the guards in the centers. Be like, you know what? Just go eat because... The tackles have been fine for the Chargers. It's the inside of that line that's been an issue. You saw last game against Dallas when Herbert has to 
be on the move, he's going to make more mistakes. Does he have some of the best arm talent in the league? Absolutely. However, whether it's not having Mike Williams and Josh Palmer having to step up and Quentin Johnston being, you know, he's on the milk carton at this point. <laughs> just, I th- I think it really lines up well for Kansas City in this game that the Chargers are going to do some things that to shoot themselves in the foot. And it's just a matter of the Chiefs' defense taking advantage of those opportunities. And, but as you mentioned, I think saying Chargers, like Chargers first half, Chiefs full game, basically like take the Super Bowl storyline and how that game played out and just apply it here I think that makes a ton of sense as well so if you want to pick the right spot in the live betting to bet the Chiefs try and find the best of that number I'm totally here for that and you know Chargers first half I think does make some sense because you're you're getting them at a, at a better number um like I said you can still find it at three if you shop around a little bit all right so you brought up you brought up one other part where I think we can address as a potential prop that maybe um a a lot of folks may not necessarily dive into normally we think of props we think about the quarterbacks and receivers and running backs we think of more sort of offensive numbers here but you brought up the the Chargers issues uh in their interior offensive line right now Chris Jones at DraftKings uh over under 0.75 0.75 sacks in the game against the Chargers. Um, you're looking at minus 110 for over, minus 120 on the under. Uh, this is a pretty clear indication that he's going to have his way with the interior part of the Chargers line, and he might be getting some pretty good value. I 100% agree. I, I do think he's going to have pressures. He is going to get to Justin Herbert. It's just a matter of how much Herbert's athleticism can, you know, get him out of trouble. I definitely think I like if I if I was asked to set that line, I probably would have set it at the over being like minus one twenty five, something around there. So getting that at minus one ten, yes, I I would absolutely bet that, and I probably will as soon as we get off, as soon as we're done here, I will be betting that. Yes, you you and me both. All right, so um. Very convincing argument for for taking on Kansas City uh, at minus five and a half if you decide to do so. Um, really like the the instinct there. And again, because you're getting it before it goes to six, uh, there's an intrigue level there. Or you can also take Kansas City in the first half as well. Or I'm sorry, take the Chargers in the first half as well if you can still find it at plus three. Even plus two and a half, I, I don't mind. Um, some books actually have, in fact, as we're recording the show right now, Rick, Mm-hmm. Um, first half chargers plus three and a half at yes. draft games. So, um, now we're talking about multiple plays that I'm going to hit, <laughs> uh, after the taping of this podcast is done. All right. So let's transition from the, the chiefs and the chargers into the matchup in Chicago, uh, a team that chiefs really a little different, little different. Yeah. We, we got a fun matchup and, and then we just have a bad matchup. Um, I, the Raiders haven't been terrible this year, although you can certainly make an argument that they're uh, they're terribly coached and their quarterback situation remains in flux. Uh, conversely, for the Bears, Justin Fields out this week. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, their undrafted rookie quarterback that's going to be setting up the scene that the coaching staff seems to love even more so than Justin Fields. And it's likely because... I just imagine can play the offense that they want to run, which is antithetical to having success in the NFL. But what do I know? 
Yeah, it's so funny how some of these things are starting to feel like Matt Nagy all over again, which in Kansas City probably sounds like a great thing, but here it is terrible. <laughs> People aren't too thrilled with Matt right now in Kansas City, and that's and that's when everything is going well. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I, I this game's going to be gross, man. Like, So when it comes to this offense, and I think about... And at least this week, Badgen's going to have an opportunity to, to have everything cued more to him, which I think is probably cued more towards the basic offense uh, that Lugetsi would would want to run, where quicker decisions, getting the ball out, the more traditional playing point guard aspect of it, of get it to your guys and let them make plays for you. That's what he's got to do. So I think this is an opportunity where maybe not yardage, but reception overs for bears, for the bears, weather pending. There could be some of that wind that's going to be hitting a lot of pretty much everything east of the Mississippi. It sure seems like that's probably going to hit Chicago a little bit at least, but I know I'm thinking of probably DJ Moore over on his receptions and also like Roshan Johnson. Now that he is going to play this week is going to be the top guy He's their best back in terms of pass protection as well. Mm-hmm. So in terms of just touches, I think he's going to have all the work he can handle in the backfield. So Roshan Johnson overs are things that, that I'm definitely here for. But especially when you're thinking of what's different from fields to badging, you're going to have probably lower A dot. Ball's going to be getting out, relying much more on yards after catch. That's what it's probably going to be. So whether it's, you know, Cole Komet doing his Jason Witten impression like he always does, where it's basically, okay, catch the ball and pretty much go down. Or if it's going to be DJ Moore having seven catches for 78 yards or something like that, where just the yards are not really going to be there, but the receptions could be. I could see that because it's not like the Raiders have a very good defense, and especially if Aiden O'Connell is going to be starting too. Like, there could be plenty of possessions to where I think both teams are going to try and run the ball, but I also think that it might be a narrow uh, set of targets for Badge and whether it's going to be essentially the backs, which are in the passing game should be Johnson with Mooney and DJ Moore and Cole Komet. Outside of that, I don't see there being anyone that's really going to you know spoil that party for everybody else in that game. So if there's going to be much offense, it's going to be those guys that do it for the Bears. Yeah, DJ Moore right now uh, on DraftKings over four and a half catches, heavily juiced to the under, actually. Plus 124 for the over on DJ Moore this week. So um, if you're looking at him saying, yeah, I project maybe six, seven catches, you can certainly go with the over four and a half or, you know, maybe you have a free bet on DraftKings this week. You can maybe consider uh, trying to go with one of those alternate lines for receptions, really try to, to put that number up. Uh, just a little bit as well. But I that, that's the way that Bajan plays, and I, I just don't think that's recognized yet by the public. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's intriguing is that this line is... Hmm. This line is is moving. Like, it's no longer a three. It's now at Bears plus two and a half. And depending, again, on the weather situation, whether it's going to be Garoppolo or O'Connell, like, I, I think there is a very realistic possibility that... The conversation in Chicago gets really stupid on Monday because I do think the Bears have a very good chance of winning this game. I really do. Yeah, that being at three when it was thought Garoppolo was going to play, uh, even with him, I just I don't get it. 
because these teams are both bad. But especially now that it's O'Connell, like that could not stay three. Do I want to play the side in this game? No. No. Like not even close. And and, and the total is still too low for me to feel like given there's issues on both sets of defenses, even with backup quarterbacks. Like we're talking 37 and a half. Um, like I, I can see Josh Jacobs having a field day against Kansas City if you're against, excuse me, um, Chicago if they really want to. Um, and I can see the Bears kind of having like these longer sustained drives and the coaching staff puffs out their chest a little bit because now they have a quarterback that's going to get the ball out quickly. I, I could 100% see that. Like it, it's definitely possible. And this is, could be a time too, especially if you're specifically looking at the DJ Moore receptions, there's enough value there where maybe it's just worth waiting and getting a better idea of what the weather report's going to be, you know, whether it's Sunday morning or whether it's, you know, Saturday and you see that and you're like, okay, it's really looking like this is going, the wind is going to be a problem. There might be some rain, whatever it ends up being. And if that makes you shy away, totally cool. But at least you're, you know, I think there is something to be said for essentially paying in price for extra information. And this is probably one of those opportunities where I would take that. Yeah. By the way, since we are on the subject of, of wind and weather reports for a lot of these matchups this week, um, a lot going on on the East Coast. So like in New York, you're going to have wind gusts around 35 miles per hour, according to Kevin Roth over Roto Grinders. Sustained winds in the 20 mile per hour range. Same thing with Buffalo and New England, Detroit and Baltimore. We kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, could be gusts up to 30 miles per hour. Again, Detroit um, playing with like missing their top three running backs theoretically in this game and Jared Goff on the road. Uh, do like Baltimore to cover that number there. Uh, and then Miami and Philadelphia, the the game of the week. And, and this is such a bummer too because uh, we're starting to see the total drop a little bit. It was in that like 53, 53 and a half range. Um, depending on, on what book you're, you're looking at, we're starting to see that number go down. But this... This was the game of the week that I think so many people were excited about, and rightfully so, but it's now down to 52. Eagles are two and a half point favorites at home. What's interesting about this game, Rick, is a buddy of mine who was joined the show before, Adam Rosenberg over at FTN, shot me a text earlier in the week. He was like, they just released lines for Sunday Night Football. Two is at 269 and a half. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm. we got to hop on this. I go, why is it that low? Like, what are what are we missing? You know how sometimes you'll see a line and you're like, that that shouldn't be right. But then you feel like you're you can't say the word crap. fishy though. You can't That's say what I mean. the like, line. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I'm walking into something. But I but I right. bet it because Philadelphia's pass defense is bottom five in the NFL. They've had all sorts of issues in their secondary. Um, Miami is likely going to have an offense that is predicated on going after the weakness of Philadelphia. But yet with some of these win conditions and the Eagles playing at home, and there are games where Tua struggles with getting the ball out quickly sometimes because the pressure just comes right in at him. It's starting to make me wonder a little bit. Yeah, maybe he has to throw a lot and maybe he gets past that number, but I like the Eagles here. And I know that they haven't really given a whole lot of, opportunities to feel great about betting them this year but this feels like a, a get right spot for them especially with the conditions that are a bit averse to what Miami likes to play in yeah as much as we think of the skill players in this game I'm fascinated by the trenches 
because with the tackle issues that Miami's having in, in terms of health, you know, Teron Armstead, you know, it was a great idea to bring him in, but he's just never playing. It's just the way he is. I I think I trust Philly's offensive line. Obviously, it's much better if Lane Johnson's able to play. No doubt. That's going to be a big one to keep an eye on. And also Jalen Carter defensively, because a lot of what Miami does is based on that run game. And if Philly is able to have their full complement of defensive linemen, that's going to really matter against a lot of these stretch plays. You know, whether it's trying to work the inside, whether it's all the misdirection and the speed that Philly can have at linebacker. I'm interested to see what the Miami offense looks like if they have to be one-dimensional, because they haven't really had to be one-dimensional yet this year. And you also have, obviously, A-chans on IR. We know this, you know, maybe Jeff Wilson makes an appearance, but it's probably going to be Mostert and and Selvin Ahmed in this game, which could be interesting. But, like, I think it's easier to slow down Miami enough and say that now if Miami's defensive line can create some chaos like has been done against Jalen Hurts, and then when that happens, that's when he's had some struggles, okay, fair enough. And then Miami is right back in this, and it's back to basically a 50-50 proposition. But with this being under three, I'm with you. And as I'm looking for for plays and all these against the spread pools, Philly's looking like one. Mm, that would be a very, very fascinating play, especially if you're you're looking for a contrarian angle. Um, for those of you that are with us on this podcast, which I assume you would be because you're here, and I realized that when I said it, it didn't really necessarily make sense. What I meant to say is, Rick, I appreciate you being here. Rick is also going to join us for our next podcast, part two of Benny and the Bets, with the NBA getting going on Tuesday. And of course, Rick knows the NFL, but when it comes to the NBA, uh, there's very few people that I would trust more than Rick when it comes to his analysis, particularly in the player props world. So we are going to go through the opening night matchups of the NBA. We will also go through some of our favorite futures picks as well. A lot of the awards I'm curious to ask him about, including one play, Rick, that I just bet earlier today with a boost at 160 to one odds for most improved player. And I think you're going to give me a whole lot of shit about it, but there's a little part of me that thinks that you might get on board with the value there as well. So thanks to everybody for joining us on this edition of Betty and the Bets. Good luck with all of your best bets this week. And I will talk to you again soon. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.